God, don't hate me for the title of this. I think I've probably been trying to work SVU into every single thing that I've done (laughs) ever. When I used to tour a lot, it didn't matter what country we were in, what day of the week it was, or what time of the day it may be. SVU was not only on, there was a marathon going on. So I got pretty, pretty into it. And uh, yeah, this, this episode is all about finding the evidence for your success. And I'm going to, I'm not going to make any SVU analogies. I actually started this and was like, this is getting really dark and inappropriate. So (laughs) let's just talk about the evidence for your success, but shout out to all my SVU heads. Oh, and um, that's my, that's my version of a hello intro. How are you? If you've ever called me on the phone, firstly, you're rare because I don't do a lot of talking on the phone unless it's business. And then uh, secondly, you'll know that I skip immediately into the good stuff without any need for a hello or a goodbye. When I'm done, I just simply go, I'm done. And I hang up the phone. I don't know. Maybe I'm on the spectrum. We'll see. Evidence for your success. You've definitely heard me talk about how our brain filters for failure. It is how we were hardwired and it's how we learned to survive. We notice patterns, we look for patterns so that we can avoid pain and suffering and in a slightly more egoic egoic evolution, shame. Our brain is avoiding pain and shame at all costs, including your own happiness and satisfaction. It's a default tendency. It is a pattern that we can interrupt. So what I want to talk about today, firstly, is, you know, maybe like, why? Why am I talking about this today? Uh, I'm going to give you guys probably a little extra in terms of like how to's and tips, because this comes up a lot for me, for everybody that I talk to, for I mean, just in so many conversations that I'm having, whether they're personal or client or business, we forget how far we've come. We forget everything we've achieved. And we look at one slip up, one fuck up, one bad day as disastrous, as proof that this is over, our success is never going to happen. It's exhausting. In one of my earlier episodes, I talked about a very uh, unfortunate day where I'd gone into my office on a Sunday and was trying to do 18 things at once and locked myself out. And, you know, I had to walk past my car, head hung low in cold weather with no jacket because ever, I mean, everything from my cell phone to my house and car keys um, to my jacket I, were in my office. So long walk home cold and comfortable, had a big girl chat with myself. And that really shaped the coaching business. And it it definitely informed how I needed to show up in my financial consulting firm and and real estate and, and a lot of my different endeavors, because I was just trying to do too much. And I love doing too much. (laughs) That's my biggest problem. So yeah, locked myself out. And it, it changed everything for me. It gave me a really long, cold, quiet contemplation for what, what, where to from here? How do, how do I want to like, what, what was the real problem? What am I ignoring? What am I not willing to look at? And what am I willing to do in order to correct this? Guess what happened today? Yep. I locked myself out of my office, but big difference. 
So I showed up bright and early this morning after having done a little bit of yoga. I mean, basically just after my snoozer cruise routine in the mornings, which is where I wake up real early so that I can kind of, it feels like I'm just lazying about, but it's because I gave myself three hours to get into my groove. And I get to my office and I take off my sunglasses and I set my things down and I go to make a cup of tea. And I decide to run to the loo before really getting stuck in to recording this podcast and all of my other fun things. And as I go to the bathroom, I very much remember jiggling the door handle to make sure it wasn't locked and then going, but it, it was definitely locked. And this time I just, I hit the door handle and I was like, oh, it's locked. And I turned on my heel and I started walking. No drama, no resistance. And I thought, well, I was going to go for a five mile walk, walk this evening. I guess I'm going for that walk right now. And I have blocked out my mornings for writing and um, admin and creative time, basically no, no talky talky. So I, I knew I had a couple of hours, I, which meant I was going to be fine time-wise. Nothing was going to get missed on my calendar. I started what was a lovely walk through the park to my office mate's house because there was no one home at my house and it was very much locked up and no one was going to be home for days if I didn't somehow manage to get my keys. Walked to the office mates, which was about twice as far as my own house and kept trying to think about, well, what's the lesson here? What's the opportunity? And I was not coming up with a lot. You know, I, I indulged in some of my existing stressors and some of the more challenging negotiations I'm in and kind of got to the same holding pattern that I know I'm in and thought, okay, well, there's no real like problems I'm going to work through on this walk. What if I just get a really nice walk? And what if I get to be really grateful that I find I put the support into my businesses and I put the structure into my businesses that a surprise two hour mishap isn't on a Monday morning, isn't the end of the world. And it's not like me to not try and find something to fix. (laughs) That was a lot of double negatives, but I did, I, you know, I got a good 45 minutes of kind of circling and saying, well, have you really, really, because last time this happened, there was some real, real red alerts going on, but yeah, I realized that's what this experience was for me was this opportunity to go through the exact same motions but with an entirely different business model, approach, mindset, and emotional reaction. That's it, my friend. That's what success looks like. I often joke with my clients because they'll call me with a huge win. And I'll say, yep, that's it. That's the proof right there. Unfortunately, it's not a million dollar check in your bank account. Or, you know, you wake up in like a completely different human spacesuit that looks 20 years younger. <laughs> it's, it's that that one conversation went way better than the last time. Or, you know, that employee starts finally listening to all of their training and doing a fantastic job. It's, um, it's the little things. And that's, that's what this episode is going to be about, not the proverbial little things, but actually seeking out, compiling, collating, tracking the evidence for your success. 
we are all going to have a bad day. We're all going to have a conversation that doesn't go the way that we want. We're going to experience losses, even when we eclipse all definitions of success that we've ever had. And for my very ambitious, very visionary, very intelligent people like you, because of course you're all of those things if you're listening to this podcast, you're fucking hard on yourself and you know that. The challenge is, and I know I've said this before, and I'm going to, I realize I'm going to start repeating myself probably a lot because it's, it's the same shit. I mean, in business, we don't get to hide from it and we have to just like unearth whatever it is that's keeping us from our success and get it out of our way. And it's not, it's usually not rocket science. They're, the only reason you're not creating the systems and, and structure in your business so that your business supports you on your worst day is the way that you're thinking about it, the way that you're feeling about it. I think my friend's therapist was the one that gave me that. Uh, if you're not doing it, it's the way you're feeling about it. So there's a handful. I like to use filters, as you know. Um, values, strategies, the energy leadership index, and it's sort of step-by-step tactical actions so that I can take one step forward or one step to the side or even one step backwards because consciously engaging in that is very different than reacting. And that's what's happening when we get stuck in a moment, go down a rabbit hole. It, It spirals out. There's a reason why when it rains, it pours or everything bad comes in threes or whatever we tell ourselves, because when we get triggered on any level and we start to feel stress, our brain starts to filter for stress, which then becomes anxiety and it becomes a a pattern. It's a, it's a default, like I said earlier. So I ask myself a series of questions so that when I'm spinning out, like I was on this walk today, I can, I can get very quickly to the root of the issue and either take positive action or table the issue and go back to it when I can. And that is compartmentalizing. That is bypassing, my friend. But when I believe when we consciously engage in any activity, it's completely different than we're do- when we're doing it unconsciously and just reacting. So the first things that I'll, the first question I ask myself is there's something I can do about this now. If the answer is no, it gets set aside. If the answer is yes, then I will create a plan of action. And oftentimes I get to the end of that plan and it's like, okay, well, I need, you know, further investment or more time. Again, I will then schedule when that next step in that plan is going to happen. I don't know if you saw, I posted like consolidating to-do lists. It's one of my favorite things to do when I start to get super overwhelmed why? Not just because I'm, I'm turning 18 different pieces of paper that are just brain dumps into one neat looking, empowering list, but two, because it gives me evidence for my success. I often have 25 different pieces of scrap paper that I, I'm literally in order for me to stay focused, I have to just write down what's happening in my head so that I can get back to the task at hand. And there, it's always on scratch paper. So at the, you know, at the end of the week, I'll have like quite literally 15 pieces of scratch paper that I'll then put onto a list or anytime I'm getting overwhelmed. But what inevitably happens 
is more than half of the things on those lists I've already taken care of without even necessarily being that, like I didn't have to beat myself up or, or stress myself out to get it done. It just gets done. And that makes me feel really good. That is evidence for my success. I, uh, I digress. I got to come up with something better than I digress because I say that a lot, but I digress. The point being first step, can I do something about this now? If I can, then I'll create an action plan. And if I can't, then I will schedule in when I'm going to do something about this or, you know, put it on one of my famous lists. The second step is we all know you have to, in order to break a bad habit, you have to substitute it with a good habit, with a rewarding habit, right? And so if you're continually stressing yourself out, if you're continually looking for evidence of everything that will go wrong in this effort to create a list of evidence of your success, this is where the gratitude practice comes in. And I know it can sound super cheesy. You obviously haven't tried it because if you've ever done a consistent gratitude practice, you will know it changes fucking everything. As I've said, if we're stressed out or shitty about something, we're angry, we're blaming someone, we're, you know, in all of the uncomfortable, heavy, crappy feelings, it is detracting from our ability to connect, to create, and to lead. This is why those states of mind and those feelings are so detrimental to your business. I mean, to you as a human but to your success, most importantly. So the second step when I'm starting to spin out is gratitude. Because I can very easily say like, this isn't a real problem. (laughs) Like, there are real problems in this world. Pandemics, war, slavery, institutionalized racism. I mean, I don't need to get into that. But my locking myself out of my office when I don't have like a meeting or anything on my schedule, not a real problem. I could be grateful in that moment for the beautiful walk in the park that I get to, that divides me from my home, from my office, like, come on, you know? And so immediately I can feel myself shift. I actually start laughing. And although it's, an event has occurred, it could very easily be a problem and a challenge. It could also just be a shuffle in my schedule. So I walked in the morning instead of the evening, like, really? Now I know that this is like a very mundane example. I've given examples before, where I was on the floor ugly crying, because some six, we'll say five figure mistakes have occurred you know, people have gotten hurt, people have gotten sick, all sorts of horrible things have happened. In those moments, especially if this is in the middle of a workday, if you're in your business, this second step, this gratitude will shift you enough to enable you to get back to whatever it is that is demanding your attention, because I'm assuming something is demanding your attention if you can't walk away and deal with a problem of that magnitude. So Step number two, gratitude. Think of three things that you can be grateful for, even if they are ridiculous, like the sky hasn't fallen or you could be dead. (laughs) And um, I know that sounds ridiculous, but test it. See what happens when you really actually step into that feel, (laughs) that frequency of gratitude. 
And if you can't think of anything to be grateful for in this moment or in the moment of the quote unquote event, I'm trying to use event now instead of challenge or problem, because even calling it a challenge or problem suggests something is wrong, but an event just occurs. There's a start, there's an end, and you can make it whatever you want. When we are grateful, it feels better. (laughs) And I can guarantee you there's something you've been grateful for in your life. So go back to that moment and feel that gratitude. See what it does to your current moment. You've also heard this. This is pretty, well, whatever. I'm not going to, no disclaimer here. Invest your attention into what you are trying to grow. Just like a bank account, just like an investment account, what you appreciate appreciates. If you spend all of your time thinking about problems, you're going to have a lot of problems. But if you have all of your time, think that if you take all of your time and invest it into planning events, you're going to have a series of events. And if you find yourself constantly defaulting to a particular thought pattern, and don't get me wrong, I definitely did that on this walk. There's, like I said, a challenging negotiation I'm in the middle of. And I kept, I found myself, you know, drifting off into like the worst case scenarios of that. And it's like, why, why am I planning on the worst thing happening? What if I plan on the best thing happening? And when I do that, every negotiation, every conversation, every engagement that I have goes a thousand times better. It's like the story that we're telling ourselves is where the suffering really lies. Like in the actual experience, it's generally fine. And is fine the end goal? No, but fine is a hell of a lot better than worst case scenario. It's interesting though, when you start to notice how much time and energy you're spending on planning for bad things to happen. I uh, was, I can't remember if I told the story, so I'm not going to get into it for fear of repeating myself. But the end result was I was working, I was talking with an organizational psychologist who, I mean, gosh, this would have been like 2007, 2008. And he is essentially was an executive coach and we were on a walk and he told me that's when he is allowed to stress out in his day. He uses his long walks for like that indulgent moment of, I mean, it's ridiculous to, I think to say no one should ever worry ever, but there's a big difference between spending all of your time worrying and like an hour in the morning on your walk. And at that point I was pretty punks rock. I was pretty angry at the world and I was definitely a pessimist. I was raised to plan for the worst. So you never get disappointed. And yeah, that, that seemed to work out all right. Although I was, like I said, pretty angry and stressed out and exhausted. And this gentleman said to me, pessimism is absolutely a way to view your world. So is optimism. And in fact, they're both equally unrealistic. It's probably somewhere in the middle that is a fair filter. And it like, knocked my socks off because I'd always thought pessimism was a responsible way of approaching our world because it does force you to plan for the worst and to have 18 contingency plans. And, you know, for the most part, I'd never gotten myself into a situation that I couldn't get out of as a result of that. But again, I was very exhausted, very short tempered, (laughs) very unpleasant to be around for the most part, but I got a lot of shit done. 
And from when he said that, I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to step away from this pessimism because it's really not working well for me. It, sure, it's created the success to where I'm at right now, but I have so many more things I want to do and such bigger dreams to achieve. I'm going to have to try something else in order to get there. So I tried on realism and it sure shit made things a lot easier. And what I found is I didn't need, I certainly didn't need five contingency plans, maybe a backup plan from a realist's perspective. But now that I've stepped into full blown woo crazy optimism, AKA I create my reality. So whatever I think about, whatever I desire and feel is what I am experiencing. Yeah, that was that was a real game changer. But it took a lot of practice. And that's what this that's what this episode is about. It's giving you tactical steps to practice, because we're all gonna slip. And me taking a lovely summer walk is, is an event. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's been some much bigger events that have occurred just in the last few weeks that without this type of practice could have really, really sucked me down. So number four is neutralize the event. I mean, I'm doing it just by calling it an event instead of a challenge. When we react, we are having as uh, my eight, my favorite eight-year-olds therapist likes to say, a very big feeling. Now, for some of us, that feeling is just the beginning of our processing of this situation. Does that mean your feelings aren't real? Absolutely not. But sometimes our initial reaction is a little stronger than the situation warrants. And you can't see me, but I am raising both hands. I, uh, I react very, very strongly, but I know that. And I'm a non-emotional processor. So it's all just information. Like I'll be like, God damn, I am pissed the fuck off right now. And I can just recognize that for what it is and then take a time out and process. Other people react in their own way and oftentimes process in real time. So you get to experience their processing firsthand. And as you know, that's generally not the best way of solving the problem or, you know, engaging in the event. And we can witness that in people without reacting. But when I say neutralize the challenge, one of the things I certainly do in my work with people and in business is I play it through. So I look, I do look at the worst case scenario and I go, okay, well, so let's say we fire all our clients. So we have no income. Okay. We can sustain on that for four months, manage to pay payroll. Uh, but let's say we get to the end of that worst case scenario. We have no money. Well, I'd like to think that if uh, 30 days out, I have no money, I can at least let my employees know. Or, you know, I can get a job and that'll extend payroll for another couple months. And I mean, really, if we can't get any more clients in six months, like what the fuck are we doing? Okay, well, that's probably the worst case scenario because again, not a doctor, no one's gonna die. (laughs) That's how I neutralize big events as I play it through. And I really do ask myself, what's the worst case scenario here? Okay, well, if I'm willing to take that risk, let's keep playing. 
I remember my best friend like crawling out her windows. We were sneaking out when we were 14 and we were just going to the park probably to talk to boys, who knows, but you know, we were being very naughty. She looked at me as she was climbing out the window and she said, Nicole, you can do anything you want as long as you're willing to accept the consequences. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. (laughs) But that still rings true. So that's where, you know, take the big risks, take the big leaps, just know what the, what the worst case scenario might look like. And if you're willing to deal with that, then go for it. And, you know, with a lot of the problems we're going to experience, it's, we're, we're going to upset somebody. We might disappoint someone. Things might go on unexpectedly. But yeah, the, you've probably already, <laughs> you probably came from the worst case scenario, which is why you created your success in the first place. So you're probably fully capable of going back to that situation. Not ideal, understood, not not what we're going for, but are you going to die? No. So can you commit to this trajectory, this plan of action and get every, give it everything you got? And I just took, I've kind of gone off, I think, on a tangent with this one. But the other thing I kind of like to explore is like knowing you've done everything you possibly can makes that defeat a little bit better. Like, you know, when you've won to, or you, when you've lost to a better opponent and it's all, it's just impressive. Like I don't ever feel disappointment in those instances. I just look and I'm just like, yes, go you. Like I'm as inspired by your win as, as I could be. Anyhow, like I said, won a little bit off the rails on that one. Number five, trust. This is how you build trust. It's one grain of sand at a time in the big jar. And it takes, a, it takes a while for you to learn to trust yourself, to trust your success. You know, I sp- I've said, like, look at your track record. Look at the evidence for your success. Look back on everything you created. Make a list of that. I've recommended that in other podcasts, so I didn't want to do that in this one. But use the evidence to build the trust. And so when you set up this patterning of thinking, can you do something about this now? What can you be grateful for even in this moment? Where do you want to invest your time and energy and thought into? What do you want to grow? Play it through. What's the worst case scenario here? You're going to learn to trust yourself more and more and more. And what happens when we learn to trust ourselves more is we're willing to play a bigger game. We're willing to try bigger goals and attempt crazier, but far more rewarding events. Those are my five tips. And you know, why does this all matter? What you're doing is pattern interrupting. You've just got a thought process that got you to where you are right now. It was super useful. But if you don't have everything you want, you might want to try some different thought patterns. That's what pattern interruption is. It's just saying, Oh, I'm familiar with this stop. (laughs) I, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue down this rabbit hole. I'm not going to berate myself. I'm not going to look at all of the reasons this could go shitty, or I'm not going to make a million different backup plans. I've tried all of that before. Instead, I'm going to try 
this sort of five-step process uh, and see where it, see where it lands. Like I always say, test it, test and see if it gets you better results. That's the only thing that matters. Test it. I remember, I don't, I mean, I don't talk a lot about this, but I've both suffered from clinical depression and anxiety for all of my twenties. It was 10 years of therapy, but during one particularly gnarly depressive episode where I don't think I got out of bed for like three weeks. I can remember just getting bored of my own thoughts. They were just so debilitating that I said, stop out loud. (laughs) And it like startled myself. And then that's how I began to pattern interrupt is when I found myself going down that rabbit hole and engaging in all of those destructive thought patterns, I would yell out loud, stop. And sometimes I would have to yell out loud over and over and over again until it like shook me out of my, my pattern. So pattern interrupting, it's a thing. Alongside your evidence for success list, which I know I've talked about, the other tool I've talked about a million times is having, I call them energy stacking activities, but a list of activities you can do when you are going down that rabbit hole or when you suddenly find yourself at the bottom of that desolate pit of despair rabbit hole engage those activities. Depending on how low you are, you can start at the bottom of the list, like take a shower, take a nap, go for a walk, breathe, tune into five senses. That's, you know, what I do when I'm at the bottom of the the barrel. But oftentimes, especially with work, especially in business, it's not some catastrophic event that's occurred. It's an, it's an annoyance. It's that same shitty conversation. It's, you know, when you're employee or business partner does that thing that makes you crazy or you get, you know, you get some bad news in terms of a pitch or a deal or a uh, vendor, you know, whatever it is. Find an activity or a series of activities you can do to bring you back to a wavelength of connection, creation, leadership you should have a handful of things like one, two, three, four, five things that make you smile. I don't have TikTok on my phone. I have lots of opinions about TikTok, but one of the problems is, is I can get on there and laugh for 45 minutes straight. (laughs) Like, uh, I prefer to listen to comedy podcasts because I don't get so sucked in, but yeah, find a couple of just like totally naughty, totally rewarding things that just make you laugh. And use that in your strategy, five-step, six-step process for getting out of this failure funk. There's always something you can do. And if there's nothing you can do, then like close your computer, get up, go home, go to bed, start over. Tomorrow's a new day. (laughs) Like if you go through, I think I'm at, I'm at, I'm at over 50 different energy stacking activities and I haven't counted my evidence for success, but yeah, if I go through both of those lists, I'm allowed to just call it. That's my other, that's my worst case scenario right there. Lastly, what this is all about is creating sustainable success for you and your business. And what you're discovering is how you can move in a way that supports you. I talked a little bit about this and the urgency versus rushing, which is why I think I wanted to put this one out next. Wouldn't it be great if my brain could like remember details and flow? (laughs) 
Uh, yes, it would. Moving in a way that supports you, that supports your business, and that supports your success is how you create sustainable, long-term prosperity, abundance, fulfillment, success. Uh, if you haven't heard me say it before, balance is a verb. A person that I follow online was going was sort of debating balance versus harmony, and she had abandoned balance because I think she was thinking of balance as a noun, not dissimilar to harmony. Balance is a verb. You're constantly aware of where you've gone a little too far here. You're not doing enough there. You could try something here, but probably time to let that go. And that's life. That's living. That's good. It doesn't always mean you're doing something wrong. That's, that's the opposite of looking for evidence of success. It means you're doing something right and you're going to keep doing something right. And the second something doesn't feel good or you engage in an event that is less than enjoyable, you can course correct. That's, that's what evidence for success is all about. Look back, you know, that saying 2020 hindsight, all that means is that you've made it work. I don't care where you are on the woo spectrum. There's a reason why everything always works out. And it's because of you, you make it work. That's what 2020 hindsight means. So I promise you, no matter what you're going through, you're going to make it work. Now, how painful it is, is also up to you. Sorry, not sorry. We get to decide how challenging an experience needs to be. And there's all sorts of reasons why we choose super fucking challenging. It's don't get me wrong. That's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about why we're going to choose to trust that this is exactly what needs to happen. And in fact, when we can shift into that creative connected leadership mindset, when we can find the gratitude, when we can engage in some joyful activities, when we can neutralize the challenge, we are going to find the solutions, the opportunities and the wins at the end of like a really trying, really demanding race. So I think that's all I got on this. You can do it. You're doing it. You're doing the damn thing. Super proud of you. Keep going. I'm right here with you. Bye for now. Thank you.